Frank is back on the podcast. Yeah. Welcome back. Did you miss me? Did you miss me, James? Thank you. I miss every second, every second, every hour, every single day. I'm just like, where's Frank? How's he doing? He won't respond to me. What's going on? Where's Frank? Oh my gosh, I miss him so much. That's, I mean, that's my life. I, I had to take days <laughs> off of, of work because I was so worried about you and just, I was, I was just, you know, um, just like, you know, lonely. I was just like, where is he? And then he's not in my life. And then, then you're back. Wow. <laughs> I, I wish I had a way to respond to that. Um, don't do that, James. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Uh, you don't feel that exact same way when I'm apart from you. We talk once a week. That is more than I communicate with pretty much any other human on the planet. So congratulations, James. That's how I feel about you. <laughs> You've communicated with me for a lot of hours. Uh, on the podcast alone, well, we've done, uh, what, what was it, 260 or so. So okay, let's do some math. Calc. Can you open a calca for me? Uh, a calca. Oh, a calca? Should... Yeah, sure. What, what, what are we calculating? All right. So we have um, 265 podcasts. Uh-huh. Average length, eh, 38 mm. minutes. Yeah. Okay. Right, how, how many days is that? How many days is that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, in Everybody days. Knows. So I'm doing uh -huh. 265 podcast times length in days. Yeah. Is, uh, well, oh, eh, interesting. Hmm. Seven days of continuous Seven. discourse, I guess. And I loved every moment of it. <laughs> that was a lot of clickety clackety typing there. That was good. That... You did it. You did it quick. I'm appreciative with you. I'm appreciative. Oh, funny here, you know, fireside. Let me just tell you a really funny thing right now. Mm -hmm. So let me tell you really quick. Average duration, actually 44 minutes. How about now? Ooh, ooh. Okay. Updating the numbers oh, into blah, blah, the blah, sheet blah. we go. Bloop, bloop. That is now 8.1 days Holy of crap. continuous con discussion, discourse. Man, that's good. You, we not only use one of your apps, Calca, but we also use the word continuous, which is another one of your applications. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, uh, it was fun. I, I enjoyed uh, doing a life and time of Maddie because Maddie is one of my favorite people that I work with. And I didn't really know a lot of her background, like I said, in the podcast. And uh, it was, it was really cool to, I don't, we don't interview people, Frank. We, we barely, I mean, we have an upcoming interview, so I lie, but like we, in <laughs> 265 podcasts, Frank, we've interviewed like eight people. Yeah, we, we did, um, a whole burst when we were at build one build. year. That was fun, uh, because that was actually in person too. So not only did we interview for the first time, but we did it in person for the first time. <laughs> that was a real fun uh, trip. But we really haven't done it since then. I'm going to blame myself here because I am really bad at calendars and I hate organizing things. It's a small miracle we get together to chit chat every week. So I think um, I've just not been good at scheduling. But it is fun to have people on from time to time. Fresh perspectives, always a good thing. I do. I do believe from time to time, because, you know, that's on our podcast. There are podcasts, many a podcast out there, even the ones that I listen to there. There's very minimal podcasts that are the same hosts every single week. And we strive when we created this podcast to do this. And I don't listeners you're out there. There's there's at least one of you uh, right <laughs> into the to let us know. Do you want more interview stuff? Did you enjoy that? You know, because, you know, in five years, Frank has never missed a podcast. And I basically I, I didn't even give him a chance to record the podcast. I said, sorry, I already recorded the podcast. Have fun in New York. Bye. I got bumped. I got bumped. Well, it's not true. I, I didn't show up for the recording, and then I got bumped. So classic Hollywood. You know, the director was being very impatient. I guess your producer, in this case. Uh, mm -hmm. Impatient producers. Editor, <laughs> producer, co-host. No, it, it worked out really well for me because I do vacation very well. I check out completely. Good. <laughs> I'm not checking on the internet. I'm not doing anything. So that worked out just fine. Yeah, it's uh, it, it was good. And that's why I thought about it, too. I was like, you know, obviously, there's a reason Frank didn't show up. He wants to completely disconnect. I'm going to give him the complete disconnect he, he needs in this life for this one vacation. And never again, Frank, will you ever no. depart from me? 
No, I'm sorry. I'll try really hard. I, I do kind of love our remote recordings. It's always yeah. fun to be like, hey, it's 3 a.m. over here and we're coming live from random place on Earth. But we haven't been able to do that for the last few years. I look forward to doing it in the future, though, honestly. One day, Frank, one day. Well, this week, Frank, I want to talk about something very special because I recently had a feature request come into my app. Do you ever have feature requests, Frank, that come into your oh. application? <laughs> yes, I do, James. <laughs> I have, uh, I, I organize them with user voice and emails, and then I create issues if uh, enough people mention it. That's kind of my system. How do you feel about feature requests? I mean, because, you know... I <sighs> I mean, it's hard. Um, I mean, okay, how do I feel about them? I wish I could do every feature request. That's actually how I feel. I wish I could do that, but I know I can't. Um, I make lists of features and I'm like, I'll knock out four of these in a day. And it ends up taking two days for each feature. So I'm bad at estimating. And it feels like the bigger and older a piece of software gets, even the small features become bigger. You really learn that when you're developing an app from scratch. Like you can add a million features as you're developing the app, but once it's a little bit established and someone asks for something a little bit random, features can get harder and deprioritized, even though I want them all a lot. Uh, you just can't get to them. I, I hate it, honestly. <laughs> it's true. I wish that I could do every feature. There's, there's, there's a balance, right? There's not only the technical debt that you've accumulated that Hey, this random feature request that came in from somewhere, someone that doesn't know anything about the code base, no, no, why should they, right? Doesn't make any sense. They're yeah. like, oh, this would be cool how it could actually impact your code. And then the other flip side of it is that um, it's not only time invested, but it takes away from other feature requests that you may want to have in your application. And like the thing is, your code, you architected it in a way for your use case. And, and you like, you made it how you wanted the app to be. And there were, of course, iterations where you're adding features. So some of the feature requests, because you didn't architect the app that way, it's it's sort of as if the feature request is that much harder to implement into your application. And the other flip side, that this is the other one that I actually wanted to get to is, is that a feature request may not even vibe with your vision for the application. Like, well, that's a great idea. But like, I'm going I'm to never do that because like, that's not <laughs> what I want in my app ever type of thing. Do you have those that come up ever? Sure. Um, I, I try not to ever push them that far out of the box though, mm. where I, I say I'll never do it. I tend to think of it as like, Oh, maybe I circuit version 10. <laughs> maybe I could <laughs> do it there or something like that. Um, it, it's hard because so you, you get, I don't know. I don't want, I'm having a hard time categorizing the kind of feature requests you get, but there are the easy ones that fit into your architecture. And those are wonderful. Unfortunately, you can get a million of them. So in the case of like my apps, people want um, a million functions for Kelka. They want a million elements for iCircuit, but each one of those, you know, can take a day or something, yeah. but it's totally within the architecture. It's just work, effort, putting it in, testing it, all that kind of stuff. Then there's the the terrible ones. Um, the architecture ones aren't even so bad. Now, purpose of the app ones. You know, I always get these with like web services and things. Like people are like, why don't you talk to this service and do that kind of thing? Um, that's where I think I, I've felt the most pushback where I'm like, oh, I don't really want the app to work that way. Uh I have one where I want everything to be done locally. I never require mm. a network for anything. And that's honestly a really restraining condition I put on things. And people will put in a request. Why doesn't it do this? I'm like, because eh, I can't do that locally. That's why. And I feel bad mm -hmm. for saying that. There's a few that I get. So uh, specifically my cadence, which is my bike cycling, Bluetooth, little device reading thing, right? I get a lot of feature requests um, that are for other sensors. So, oh, can can you also do heart rate? And can you also do this sensor? And it's like, nah, fam. Like, like that, that's just like well, yeah. out of the scope. That's tough because you are the single use app or, yeah. or single purpose app, not single use. My apologies. <laughs> um, that's so much harder, right? Yeah. That's, that's keeping a, a real focus. 
but I can easily see that. Like if they really like your app and they don't like the apps for showing heart rate, it would be yeah. totally cool if your app showed heart rate. So I see where people are coming from. And that's where I say, I never say no. It's just more like, Ugh, I don't know if that's a whole separate app or should I make that a separate app? You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and what I've learned over time is I don't like having a million apps for sale. I'd rather have a few big ones for sale. So that's why they tend to become the kitchen sink of features because I'm like, oh, I'd rather put it into this app and rather than start a whole other app for that feature. Yeah, I had a few good ones recently. I'm implementing them right now. I called it Features 2021 because I haven't updated the app really since <laughs> it came out and I, I fixed a bunch of bugs and nice. things like that. And it's been solid for months and I go, okay, like, you know, I was looking at the the reviews and these these are you know reviews as feedback is another way that I, I take them in. A lot of times people email me because I have an email button in the app, but I am getting, you know, ideas from uh, mm -hmm. from from reviews. Like someone said, oh, it'd be great if I could resume in it, uh, resume a ride because let's say I get a phone call and then it pauses it or whatnot. I'm like, that's that's good. My app is not architected that way at all. So I have to like review <laughs> all my mathematics and I have to, okay, because everything's date time based and calculating numbers. And it's like, okay, well, like, and I, that, that happened with my stream timer too. Like, oh man, it'd be great if I could pause. Oh man, like I never thought about pausing. Like who would <laughs> want to pause, you know? Uh, and, and it's funny, all of my apps, everybody always wants to pause. Like that's the number one feature. I was like, oh, can I just like pause this? And like, like, oh, dang it. Like, okay, fine. So I, I did do that. But the bigger one that I got in recently, and this, so here's when a feature request like touches your heart a little bit, okay? Mm -hmm. And you almost feel bad if you don't do the feature request. I had a user write in and they just had surgery. Um, I don't know what kind of surgery it was uh, uh, specifically, but they were doing um, an exercise routine that had involved uh, cycling on their indoor cycle. Mm -hmm. And what they needed to do, uh, because they needed to monitor um, like their their heart, their VO, VO2, like their, their oxygen levels. And they also needed to monitor um, sort of the resistance and the cadence, they need all this stuff and, um, they need to keep a journal of it so they can report it back to their doctors. And like, you know, what I really need is all my other apps that I use for heart rate and VO2. They, they give me a, a scale. He's like, I need to cross compare my yeah. VO2 to the cadence and the timelines. Uh, so I can, you know, get healthier. And you're like, Oh man, I can't not do this, right? <laughs> um, and and uh, and this was cool because I said, "Oh man, like all all my data is just meant to be wiped away." And I was like, "Once you start yeah. saving data, you're just like, oh god, I gotta make a database. I gotta do something." <laughs> and uh, so I said, "I said, what is your what is your like minimal?" viable like what's the least yeah. what's the least thing what's that the I least do? work i can do <laughs> I, I i that was what that's literally what my email said what is the least work that i can do for you and <laughs> what a, what a sweetheart he said he said you know it would be it would be fine um and what i really need is just a historical data of of my averages and my maximum and how long how long the rides were Okay. Was, but, but, you know, the other applications that I'm tracking that are really nice and add a lot of value to get me back onto the road to recovery is, is, you know, a graph over time and, and, uh, X, Y, Z, I'm like, ah, oh, I got new graphs now. Like, oh, mm. come on. I gotta, I mean, shout out to our, our spot, not sponsor this week's Infusion, but it's like, I've done graphs <laughs> and charts when I was like, all right, we just got from like entering like one, you know, data point into, I got to store maybe a thousand or 3000, you know, data points for every ride no. because if I'm, I'm plotting that out. I was like, ah, oh, do I really have to like, oh, okay, fine. I guess I'll do it. And then like, I waited two weeks. I mean, cause I was bad. Right. I, I go home and I had to do a bunch of stuff. I had to go, you know, do some traveling. And, um, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to do this. So like I started by not doing the, the graphs and charts and the historical data. I'm like, I'm going to do the resume feature first. Like that sounds, that sounds like a win. <laughs> so I did that. And then there's a few other quick wins. I was like, okay, I got to do this. I got to do this thing. So I texted you, Frank, and, and you, you should remember this. And I said, Hey, I need to store like a few thousand data points and they're just an <laughs> integer. Do do I need to create like a thousand rows of, of data into my SQL database? And, um, and uh, I believe that, that you said no. I believe no. you said, I think you should, but not necessarily. 
Okay, so in in this case, my answer is no, no. Uh, This is data, sure, and databases store data, sure. But don't take that analogy too far. Uh, That timeline of data points, you can think of that as just one datum. It is, although it is a collection of data, and that fits into a column very nicely as a little JSON array or something like that. If you ever need to do processing on it, you can extract it and decode it and then process it that way. I don't see any reason to overload the database by having a row for every data point. You're just, databases are good for relational data and queries. (laughs) If you're not doing relations and you're not querying, and and beyond, you know, select star. That's not a query. Um, if you're not doing those things, then just JSON encode it and throw it wherever it needs to go or, you know, do the right column type, that kind of stuff. That, that I don't know if that, that's a philosophy or something. Someone might argue, well, you might want to add a comment to every data point or something. Mm-hmm. No, you won't. You won't. And and if you do, there's other ways to encode that comment in a relational way <laughs> so that you don't have to worry about it. So everyone, if you're storing historical data, just, you know, serialize it away and throw it in a column. <laughs> this was very controversial, by the way. I live coded this. and Awesome. I love uh, it. <laughs> it was very controversial. Let me tell you that pretty much everybody I've talked to told me that I'm doing it wrong. Pretty much. It's hilarious. Um, But I see people spend so much time creating very complicated database schemas, and then you end up with complicated queries, and then you have complicated insertions. Don't create busy work if you're not doing relations and you're not querying things out of it. (laughs) Just encode it and move on with your life. Just encode it and go on with it. So I did did a few trials. So I I talked the stream was very... Uh, fascinating. In fact, one of the person in, in my stream, and I definitely understand them, they, they have an application in which they record like all the historical data points of stocks. And they're like, we have mm-hmm. millions upon millions of rows of like relational data of this and that and dates and this. I'm like, oh my goodness. But you know, they're probably querying for specific dates and times of specific data and they're getting chunks back. They're not getting like, yeah. here's, you know, 20,000 data points all at once that you need to load in and create 20,000 of them every single time. Maybe they are. Um, I just thought it's silly because I have one. Here's a train of thought. I was talking with my wife because she's a database expert. Like that's her, that's Mm -hmm. her main thing is is databases and web APIs. And she goes, uh, so you could do that. That's what she said. She said, we're on a big hike. And she, yeah, yeah. Of course I'm talking about database. Yeah, you could, you could do that. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) You could, you could do that. And she's like, but you know, she's like, well, you're, this is your app, single, single developer, your feature, you, you know, no one else is writing to the database, right? She's like, because what if someone puts a string? Like what if someone injects something in the database? She's like, that's not going to mm-hmm. happen in your app. So, um, she's like, you could do that. She's like, but, but you're, you're going in understanding that this is not a scalable solution. I go, oh, I'm, I'm going in explicitly understanding that this is not a scalable solution. I- like. Is, as far as <laughs> okay, I, I mean, as far as if I want to add more data, besides here's a list of integers. Like, let's say that every data point had a date timestamp, and then it also had uh, the VO data. It had this other stuff, right? It's like has a bunch of data on it. That JSON blob would get very big. Sure, but so would a bunch of columns in a table. Size is size. You can't That's avoid true. the size. Data is yeah. data. No matter, I mean, all these encodings are roughly equivalent to each other. We don't have any magical compression encodings. So it's just where are you putting the data? All these arguments are valid. My whole thing is even if you have all that metadata for every single point, are you querying it? (laughs) And chances are you're not. What you're querying is a time chunk of it and you're spitting it out. Another way to think of this is just store everything as CSV files. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would be the kind of classical way to do it without a database. Every little one of these tracks is just a CSV file, multiple columns. Uh, time progresses. Someone in my chat, I kid you not, uh, maybe it's Lachlan. He said that he had a different app where like the, the database was more temporary, so it didn't need to, to persist even after un- someone uninstalled or whatever. And what he said is he said he literally stored 
the this the is like you know json blobs basically or csv blobs or the data file out to disk and then what he did is he just wrote the location of the file into the database yes <laughs> i love it except i would just put the csv file into the database into the database the, the entire text sqlite is really good or i'm sorry i'm assuming you're using sqlite but every database is really good at storing huge amounts of text it's they're great at it so just throw that csv right into a column that's my argument there is no reason to pollute your database with a billion rows because what will happen is so that csv has five columns in it right so the natural way to put that into a database is to create a table with five columns Hmm. and then you're going to have a row for every row that you would have in that thing makes sense right yeah life is dandy what happens now when you want that second one oh now you have to put a session id inside of every row and that session id has to relate to a user id and all this kind of stuff so those rows are going to inflate anyways so might as well just encode it and move on with your life <laughs> yeah. well the the cool part too is that you know by the time heather heather and i we're, we're talking about this for like 30 40 minutes of our hike <laughs> and we we're talking about this because you know i i, I understand the, the the bigger case in this and that and, and by the end of it i wonder over on this on this she said, and this is what she said. She said, like, you can always change it later. And then she said, and you wouldn't even have to migrate it because what you could do is you could first see if the data exists and then just show the old style chart. And then if it mm-hmm. has, if it doesn't have the data, then query the new stuff. So you wouldn't even have to migrate the data, right? Because there would be nothing to migrate. She goes, I think that this is definitely the way to go. She's like, I think that this says at the end of the day, the way to go. And then I said, well, you know, I have to make a decision. And um, Frank isn't here because he's off frolicking <laughs> off in New York. And I said, well, I want to, I want to serialize this data to be small. And you just said it, by the way, which is there is no magical. This is what I wanted, Frank. I wanted a magical <laughs> data shrinker, like shrink yeah. my data. I wanted, I wanted like an array of like a thousand lists to be like, you know, two characters like how come that does can't like just just shrink it down <laughs> i wanted it to be so small frank and i was like i just yeah. want my data to shrink magically data doesn't shrink i don't know if you know that really no no there's this whole field of this thing called computer science that involve they study this thing called compression you can actually do a pretty cheap compression in net so if your json blob is huge absolutely run it through a zip stream it's built right into system.io.compression, uh, something like that. Uh, there are gzip streams and deflate streams that you can use. So you can totally do that. But uh, if you're just throwing it into a database, let the database deal with all that kind of stuff. There's no reason to. There are great serialization formats out there. I want to give a shout out to protocol buffers. So if you want to take the time to model your data, it's a declarative language, they'll output a serializer for you with a NuGet. So it's really easy to use all this stuff. And it has very, very efficient encodings for all the data. So if you actually care about space and size and all that stuff, but I would argue for, unless you're dealing with, I don't know, hundreds of megabytes, tens of megabytes, then I would start caring. But up until that point, I wouldn't care at all. I'm I'm doing okay, here's so this is another be another calca for you, but you don't you don't have to do it. It's it's very simple. <laughs> is it would be a good calca is I did a trial where I said, right now the sensors log about every second. So you know, mm-hmm. let's say you have there you go. Yeah, they log about every second. So make make sure okay. that the, the 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 one in this case is is a Got constant it. that you can change. Great. So normally they, they, they log every second and they will log, you know, uh, for you, you usually ride for 30 minutes, right? Yeah. So that would be a very simple calculation of one times 60 times 30, right? Right. Um, and how many data points is that? 30. I mean, uh, sorry, how long were they riding for? 30 minutes? For 30 minutes. Yeah. Okay. 30 do, times do, do, 60, do, 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 do. 1800 data points. Mm-hmm. Right. No. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. You said per per second, one per, per second. second. Yeah. yeah. So so then I said um, and, and I charted this. And if mm-hmm. you actually chart 
like 1800 data points on a graph it doesn't actually <laughs> look very good i don't know if you know that frank um just fun fact for you i i end up having to do this a lot because a lot of my apps are time variant like i do simulations so i circuit i'm constantly looking at a lot of data points people will run i circuit at megahertz where it's trying to collect a million data points every second it can't usually keep up with that, but it's trying to. <laughs> and so it's just spilling out huge amounts of data. So you're up to 1,800 data points. Let's say on average, it takes about four bytes to store one of those. Mm -hmm. So you're still only looking at about seven kilobytes of data. It's yeah. really not much. Yeah. And um, so and I figured, like, well, what's the longest someone would do? Maybe two hours. So, mm -hmm. you know, 100, 120 minutes. Uh, I can't imagine people going longer, but may but maybe if you're if you're training for a long time. But most people, it's like a forty five minute. But let's say it's two hours, right? Um, you know, you're looking at a uh, seventy two hundred data points, right? And and that's really not too long. But then I was like, man, seventy two hundred data points are not going to look great on a graph. So I decided to change it, and and <laughs> I said I'm going to take a sample every five seconds. Yes. Uh... Okay. The problem with doing that is you're going to create something called aliasing. What you're getting into is called you're downsampling the data. So you're going to yeah. skip every five samples and then take a sample. Skip every five samples, take a sample. A better way to do that is to average five samples, then average five samples, then average yeah. five samples. That's called windowing. And that will give you a much smoother graph. What you're doing is fine, actually. Statistically, it's fine. It's just not going to make the graph any prettier. If your goal is to make the graph prettier, I would recommend um, a downsampling with a window. That's going to be, that was my a next moving average. Yeah, moving average. And I figure that'll be even better because now, instead of it being 7,200 data points, it's like 1,400. If it was like two yes. hours, <laughs> I mean, it's a lot less data. It's a little bit more calculation up front, but I do think that that's going to be my final strategy, which is averaging over five seconds and, and, then I feel like that data is very small in a JSON blob. And by the way, I tried two things, Frank. I tried both JSON and BSON. Ooh, BSON. You know, I'm using BSON for iCircuit 3D. iCircuit 3D saves its object graph as a JSON graph. Uh, but then because that can be huge, it zips it on all up. So that's kind of fun. Um, not zips it. It does zip it. Sorry, but then it besons it all up. <laughs> uh, so bees. I do want to describe beson to. I'll attempt to. Sure, I I'll probably get a few things wrong here, but everyone I think probably knows what JSON is. So it's we have our ASCII curly brace, and then a quote, and then a key, and then a quote, and then a colon. Mm -hmm. Those those curly braces and quotes they can get a little repetitious. So there is a binary format called BSON, which represents the um, the JSON graph in a binary form. So not readable by ASCII, but obviously very readable by computers. Computers love binary data. Yeah. And so the neat thing is all your um, all your floating point numbers will get encoded as 8 bytes, 64-bit, guaranteed, no matter how long the number is. That's how big it is. That's actually also a downside, uh, James, because, mm. for example, the number 0 only takes one byte to encode in ASCII, but requires eight bytes to encode in binary. Mm. So it's not necessarily a smaller format. It really is data dependent, but in general, it's faster and all that stuff. That's why I use it too, just because it does make, um, if you were trying to serialize like a byte array, it can do that much more efficiently than if you tried to serialize a byte array inside JSON, where it has to encode it as a bunch of ASCII text. That makes so sense. it has a, a lot of advantages, uh, but basically binary versus ASCII. That's the difference. Binary versus ASCII. And I did a little trial and I went on a little five minute spin. I just went out there did a little five minute spin, which generated how many data points in five minutes? Oh, I'm not even on the thing anymore. 300, five, five times great. 60. Oh, <laughs> yes. Geez, Frank. Not even paying attention. <laughs> so I did 300 data points before I did the sampling uh, and mm -hmm. the the uh, JSON equivalent, because, you know, these numbers are either one, two or three digits, most likely two. 
digits and a, and a, and a semicolon and a, and a, and a comma, right? So yeah. they're in there. So if you have 80, it's 80 comma something, uh, except for the, the last one, obviously. And you have brackets on the front and the bottom. So it's in there. And if it's a hundred, it's going to be four because it's going to be a 100 and then four. And I did this and the uh, JSON, go ahead. I'm sorry. I just wanted to insert one little uh, tidbit here. If, if you plan on doing this at home, as it sounds like you did, James, if you're not doing integers and you are doing floating point numbers, please make sure to encode it into an invariant culture. Yes. Because I've seen a lot of people make a mistake here where... Huh. Um, uh, a French user versus an English user will get a different encoding of the data. So just be careful when doing text. Um, don't do it yourself. Use a JSON library or something, but whatever. Keep yeah. going, James. Sorry. Had to answer oh, that. By the way, when I worked at Canon, I totally wrote code that totally broke a bunch of users' <laughs> data because they were using it in France and there's commas and not periods in this. Uh, and then I learned about invariant cultures and oh, how important those are. But rest assured, Frank, it is a interray. That's all it is. Awesome. It is an interray because I keep it simple and that's it. Great. Um, that's all you need to know because that that's all you see on the screen. You don't see like, oh, I'm going 85.5 cadence. That doesn't yeah. make any sense. So we always round uh, in general. So the JSON was 1,000 characters long and the BSON was 3,000 characters out long. So I decided to go with JSON all up in this format. I am so excited. <laughs> A, that I won the argument and B, that you got to do serialization of numeric data because I feel like that's all I do in my career. I was doing, um, I needed yet another format for numeric data and I was trying to uh, do the NumPy format mm. and that was a rabbit hole. They actually mix ASCII data and binary data. So mm. that's a whole thing. So I am happy that you at least conducted an experiment. That's wonderful. Um, but remind me one more time now, what did you decide? <laughs> Which one? We're doing JSON. Uh, we're doing a, a string, a, yes. a list of yes. integers that are in JSON format. Perfect. Yes. And it's and it's going to work out great. It's going to work out great. Even if you wanted to query it, <laughs> you could totally still query it. You know, did, did they ever hit 100 uh, RPM? Is that what the unit is? Yes. Is, yeah. uh, so you could uh, query the database for comma 100 comma and find out if they ever hit 100. See, it's text true. is searchable. <laughs> text is searchable. It's very true. Yeah. You, and yeah, you could do that. Say, oh, how many rides were X, Y, Z, right? And you could do that a bunch. Yeah. The <laughs> Here's the, the other fun part, too, is so I had to make this chart and graph. and But I also need a list of history. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um. And then I thought about it on my, on the ride. And I was like, well, over time, I've ridden this bike this year, you know, you know, hundred and some odd times. And I go, well, if I just say, you know, database dot table ride, get all, you know, to list mm -hmm. async, <laughs> that is going to like get all of the rides and this mega string for a hundred right. rides. That seems like not a good idea. Correct, Frank? Correct. Now, uh, this is where you could have put it into another table and used mm. a relation. Um, yes. But it's fine. Yeah, you, you, you threw it into the table. Now you're using SQLite hyphen net. Is that right, James? No, SQLite dash net, I like to call it. Dash, you know, dash. Live, live, yeah. live your life, library <laughs> creator. <laughs> Of the library, I can't remember I'm what using. I I can't remember what I call it. That's the problem. Uh, yeah, so that has one feature that you're referring to, uh, which is usually very convenient, but can really bite you. And that is whenever you um, ask for all the rows of a table, or you know, yeah, ha have a query that's going to return a lot of data. It's going to give you every column of yeah. that table, also. So yeah, in this case, and, you know, honestly. Uh, 10k what's 10k between friends i think it would still be fine honestly I, I don't even think it would show up in tests but you're being a good programmer and you said why waste the cpu's dma resources even though it's a whole separate piece of hardware and it probably yeah. isn't even bothering anyone yeah. you said i am only gonna query a few columns that's very true i'm gonna just do a few columns and and actually i'm probably gonna get your help on this podcast because right now i have a i have a uh 
it's it's close. I'm going to post it into our Zencaster. You can see it, and you can uh, immediately see what I'm doing wrong. Um, uh, yeah, nope. <laughs> uh, so you are doing a query async. You are trying to get a bunch of things from a table called ride. Yeah, that's all fine. What you're running into here is the classic problem with SQL. That is, you have to escape identifiers that are also SQL terms. So things like max, average, those have to be quoted. Oh, really? Yeah, the list of things that you have to quote in SQL is actually a, a bit long. And that's why you should use an ORM <laughs> that does those things for you. And normally SQLite would do that for you. But when you're handwriting a query, you have to do it yourself. Now, something that's also awkward, do you know what the quoting character is in SQL? Um, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't at all. It's double quotes, which is oh, really annoying to put into C Sharp because then you have to do backslash double quote, backslash huh. double quote the, around the, your identifiers. So th- this does seem to work for me. Do you think it's because the it's capital average and capital max or no? Nope. SQL is, doesn't care about that stuff. So if that works for you, you're good. I was anticipating that it wasn't working for you because of average okay. and max. So if it's working, great. Uh, the, the trick with SQL also is there are contextual keywords and non-contextual mm. keywords. It's the non-contextual ones you have to watch out for. Uh, yeah, select from those are keywords those are things there so i i should change for for best practice i should change average and max yeah i would say like um average rpm max rpm yeah. something you know sql would never have just for convenience is date utc okay yeah that's fine okay. i think uh there's there's one that always gets people and i i think it's user I think yeah. like users not allowed. There's a few common co- column names people want to use, but they conflict with SQL. Unfortunately. So, so here's a here's here's one of the cool things about what like OData does. So OData, I use this very heavily in my first job, uh, at or my second job at Seton. I use OData queries, and OData queries, what they let you do is they let you write the link query and then do a select. And then you could say, you know, a link query and then select, and then you create your new object based out of the information uh, from that ride. So for example, you could say, hey, database query, all, you know, or, or to list, or you just say table dot select our, you know, Lambda uh, new ride. And then you could just fill in four things. And then the OData query would be smart enough to say, hey, what this user is actually saying in the OData query is, hey, only request these four fields. But mm-hmm. from my understanding, there's not that in SQLite, Dashnet at least, correct? There is not, but you're embarrassing me now. Um, can I give an excuse for that? It seems hard. That's why. It seems like you need a source generator for it. Well, I, I am doing all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I am doing the hard problem already. Um, it is It is harder, though. It's because I wrote my link support in one week and haven't really touched <laughs> it ever since. <laughs> Uh, there are two uh, two or three big glaring missing things. Joins are mm. missing from my link support where you can do, um, yeah, the syntax is join when you're in link. Um, yeah. But if you're doing the functional interface, it's select many is the mm. command. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so there's that one. And then select is actually what it's called in link <laughs> where you pick out exactly which columns you want. Mm. Obviously, the case where you're just pulling out columns is really easy that problem is select allows you to pull out arbitrary expressions and that it's that little part that i've gotten myself hung up on but now that you've mentioned this um because you sent me this i absolutely do need to get it implemented and in there well um seeing that it doesn't exist i did make the manual query which um Mm -hmm. i sent over and it's very good but see what i do on right after that is i query the database for all of the rides. And, and so I, I get all of, I get basically, instead of doing select star, which, you know, here's the fun part about, about SQLite and databases and mobile is like, you can, I could have wrote this app and it would have been just fine to just do, hey table, give me all the things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I decided that I'll write the, the, this, the SQL query, even though I'm not a SQL expert and I Googled the heck out of how to do select certain columns, which it wasn't documented. <laughs> on like anywhere, not yours, but you know, I, I did, I did look at your tests. I was like, I bet Frank has a test for this. And then somewhere I think you did. 
uh, in there because you do a lot of Corey Asyncs, which which is good because it's like mm-hmm. the raw the, the raw sequel that's happening. Um, I decided to do this this the sequel Corey, and and it's it's really not that hard. Like that sequel Corey, it's it's pretty straightforward. You know, it, it's not, I, it's not that complicated, and I, I feel like okay sequel. about it. I, I, I yeah, I I think it's a language designed for the purpose of storing and retrieving data. It's great. <laughs> um, the only problem is it just I didn't like any of the libraries of how it talks to software, <laughs> you know, apps, and so that's always been the disconnect. That's why we call the um, op, uh, the impedance mismatch between the object world and the relational world. But the language itself, SQL, I like it just fine. I have no problem with it. It, I, I, I feel a little bit bad because what you're doing is you are querying the table and you're getting all the rides out of the table, just the columns that you want. And then after that, you are doing an order by with link. Uh, <laughs> you see that? that that's the problem that there's my and there and lies my issue, which is I got real lazy real quick. Yeah, it's funny too because you wrote the C sharp rides dot order by r dot date utc, and the sequel would have actually been shorter than that. You can just say order by date utc. It would have been actually less code if you just put it right into your query. So and at the very that, end of your query, yeah. that would have yeah, been more the, proficient too, right? Yeah, um, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, at, from a theoretical computer science standpoint, not really, because chances are you don't have an index on that. Mm-hmm. And so the SQL engine would have had to do the sort anyway. So it's really just a question of could the SQL engine do the sort faster than C Sharp's link? And chances are yes, because it's optimized for that kind of junk. Huh. Whereas Link link is optimized for sure, but it's handling a much bigger general problem. That's not even true. I'm talking in circles. <laughs> the SQL probably would have been more efficient, though. Yes. So I would do select columns. You put all the columns in that you want from ride order mm-hmm. by. Yep. With a space. And then date UTC. And I think I actually want it to be descending, right? Because I want it to be the newest ones first. Then put the word descending. Is it full, all order by DESC? Oh, gosh, you're going to make me look that up. <laughs> I, I thought it was the whole word, but now you're making me doubt myself. You can Google that. It's either the whole thing or DSC. <laughs> okay, I'll return. I'll, I'll, I'll I wrote return an ORM, time. you know, so I don't have to remember these things. Uh, exactly. Now, I will say this below. <laughs> um, uh, a fun one that I ended up doing is I was having this all these other issues in my app, and I did something really, really silly is I had in my in my in my app there's all this there's all this magical code behind this like doing the serialization deserialization I had all these null errors that I was fixing and I thought there was a problem with my SQL query because what I wanted to do was say hey table give me this item ID like whatever the ID is give me this one thing and I couldn't get it working for some reason it, it worked fine but because there was another exception happening in the code behind of the ride object it was having an issue so I wrote this line which is Select star from ride where ID equals ID. No, you are not allowed to do this. I did. This is called SQL injection. (laughs) For those who are wondering what James just said over the last few seconds, he just wrote the classic SQL injection. In his case, it's probably a little bit safer than that because he is injecting an integer into a string. But in general, never, ever, ever, never, ever, 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 ever ever, ever put data into your query string. (laughs) So uh, what you would do in this case is uh, queries can be parameterized and Mm. the parameters take the form of a question mark. So wherever you need to put data inside of the query, you put a question mark instead. instead. And then uh, at the end of the query, you do a comma and you pass in your data just like you would for string formatting or console write line. But instead of a curly zero curly, you put a question mark. Uh, and that's what, how you parameterize. Now, what I should do, though, is I should do this, right? I should say database table first or default async where r dot id equals equals id. Yeah. So that, what you wrote what there do. was using proper link, <laughs> using that, link I, syntax. I should do that. That I should do this. This is what I should do. Yes. Okay. Um, you could also do it as a where. You know, mm. there, there's a few ways to write this kind of thing. But 
you know, I, I, I like to throw in SQL myself, you know, <laughs> sometimes I feel like link, sometimes I feel like SQL. So it's whatever sparks joy, James. Yeah. Cause if you did where you would do where R equals ID and then first or default then, async. Exactly. Yeah. Is, but, there, uh, is, for, it, is there more proficient? Which one's more proficient? The where? Because the ID is indexed. Uh, they they, the they should actually compile down to roughly the same thing. So you you would need a micro benchmarker to find the exact difference, but computationally they're identical. Let me ask you a question: Should I put an index on my date UTC since I'm going to order by descending? No, it's okay. not worth it okay. there, because. Um, Okay, well, these rides don't happen. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Let me start over. <laughs> um, if if you're just doing a query where it's just happening once in a while, uh, you don't really need the index. If this is a page that's showing up in your app 8,000 times and someone accumulates 8,000 rides and you never do um, paging or anything like that, mm. then maybe an index, yeah, maybe an index would be useful. But it is that kind of extreme case. Me, I, I would never display all 8,000 uh, rows to the user because no one's going to scroll 8,000 times. So you show them the most recent 200 rides or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And in that case, it really won't matter as much. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do at some point. But right now, I'm just going to show them all the rides, all of them. <laughs> um, in that case, you might just, OK, it doesn't hurt to throw an index on. So don't, you know, I, I feel bad for databases. I know how much work they're doing. So I just feel bad when people put on way too many unnecessary indexes, indices. Additionally, here's a, a quick one to be. It would be select star from whatever order, space, by, space, column, space, DESC. Oh, it is short. It's funny because sometimes SQL is long, sometimes it's short. Yeah, so it's DESC and probably ASC then for ascending. Yeah. How come, Frank, SQL-I-Net, my select is lowercase and it doesn't have to be uppercase? Well, SQL does not care about casing. Oh. Right. Oh. It does for data, obviously. Oh. Your columns are case sensitive. But the syntax of SQL, your table names, your keywords... Huh. This this is a language designed in the 50s. It was meant for corporate users typing in live queries to databases all day long, and they can't be bothered with uppercase or lowercase. Hmm. Who's got time for that? So, yeah, it doesn't care. Okay. Th this is just good knowledge. I, I didn't know. But yeah, the, tr the, the traditional way was all uppercase for the keywords and then normal kind of camel casing for your tables. But modern SQL is everyone does lowercase for the keywords also. In this episode of Merge Conflict, James, uh, Frank teaches James SQL. Um, <laughs> uh, no, this has been fun. I, I, what I really wanted to get out of today was a uh, kind of talking about feature requests and how they can dr dramatically really alter what your application. Like, it, okay. What I wanted to talk about today, I'm going to re-emphasize. I'm not even going to cut it. Are we starting over? This no. This is good. It's all in there. <laughs> what I really wanted to talk about today, which I think I got the point across, and tell me if I hadn't, is like there are feature requests or features that you personally want to add, but then there are these additional questions and things that take into consideration that often can take a lot more time. Like putting in this feature was not trivial. It was substantial, which is why, by the way, it's going to be a pro feature. But... um you know, it was fun to do because I actually haven't got to write raw SQL in a long time. So, but well, that that's great because I almost forgot to bring that up, and I wanted to bring that up earlier. This is a perfect case for a pro feature, and I'm trying to convince my own self of that. So, watch out, everyone! I'm coming out with pro versions of my apps uh, because some of these features are huge uh, yeah. compared to the app. I would say this feature is probably just as big as your app was prior without all the Bluetooth code. I know that Bluetooth code is ridiculous, but, you know, yeah. take away the Bluetooth code. It's probably roughly the same size. Uh, the other thing I'm thinking is <laughs> I was just making a, a little one wheel app myself. Not so different from your RPM counter. It's just telling me the speed of the one wheel. And now I'm thinking, oh, gosh, do I need graphs in it now? So now I'm feature creeping my own app. But at least this came from a customer 
who gave you in a very explicit use case. So you know at least there's one person in the world that's going to appreciate this feature. I, As much as I would love to do features that I just myself personally want, I give a much higher priority to features that uh, people ask for. I mean, how yeah. can you not? I'm just trying to help out the customers. <laughs> that's, what, that's all you can do, Frank. That's all you can do. Uh, all right, we did it. 50 minutes of... SQLite. I, I'm I'm glad we came back around to that because I wasn't sure where we were going with that SQL. I mean, we we can get on to joins. I mean, there's a lot to discuss about joins, but we'll we'll save that for another episode, I guess. We will save that for another episode. I I mean, I I'll tell you this much. I've definitely done the first approach. By the way, the first approach that I did was in my in my app Meetup Manager that used to be for for meetups. It would like log people in. Every RSVP, whenever you would tap on someone, was a data entry. So it was like in the night, I had, you know, the primary key, foreign keys and all this stuff. And I, and I did all that, that stuff, that joining, if you, if you will, um, manually, which, which is not that hard either. But um, I just, for this one, I was like, man, I just don't, I just, I just felt wrong storing thousands of, of rows of data. <laughs> I know that it's not because like these databases are awesome, but I was just like, in my soul, I just don't want to, I just don't want to. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. No, yeah, yeah. It's we we won't reiterate, but sometimes a numerical matrix is just a numerical matrix. It doesn't need to be encoded into rows and columns in a relational data database. Sometimes it's just a bunch of numbers. It's okay to not be okay. Um, all right, Frank. Well, thank you so much for coming back and being here with all of us this week. Thanks to all of our Patreon subscribers that got a cool bonus episode this week. You go to patreon.com slash mergeconflict.fm. Let's go to mergeconflict.fm for all of the fun stuff. And we'll be back next week with even more goodies, Frank. I cannot wait. And then we have we have like an upcoming interview upcoming. And then uh, I'm going to go on holiday. But like there, we won't skip a beat. It'll just magically <laughs> happen. I'm super excited for it. Um, but this is going to do for this week's Merge Conflict. So until next time, I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace.